Didn't get my steps in this week, if you guys don't mind. Just kind of want to get them in. I know winter's coming. It's going to be hard to walk outside. Uh, hey, my name's Nate, one of the pastors here. I want to welcome you as we wrap up our series called The Goat, The Greatest of All Time, talking about Jesus. And, you know, we worship him and we sing about him because he is our past and he is our future. That is the goodness of Jesus. And here's the deal about the goat, the greatest of all time. It's this, in any conversation, if you're going to be considered the goat, that means you have won something. That means you've ran the race. That means you've won in some decade or era. And so now you're compared to others who win. And this is the good news about Jesus. He has won the race. He has gone to the cross. He has conquered sin and death. He has rose again and he is our life. And can we just praise God once again for what he's done in Johnny's life today at that baptism? And I love the grace of God. And here's the thing, sometimes we can talk about Jesus being the greatest of all time. We go, yeah, yeah, but what does that have to do with me? And really what we say is this, it's not that we want to ignore what Jesus has done, it's this, every single one of us, we are on a race right now, isn't it? Some of you are going, Nate, we're not on like the 1.0 speed you're on. You're like, right now I'm running at 10.0 in my life. The race that you're running, the schedule that you have, everything that's going on, you find yourself running at a clip that maybe, you know, my prayer this week is just, Lord, help me not to fall off this thing, all right, as, as we teach here. And maybe that's your prayer right now. You're going, God, I feel like life is going so fast. Just help me to not go off the rails. I know for us, the prayer and the race going on in our household right now is we are racing back to normalcy as uh, we got informed all of our kiddos will be on e-learning for the month of December. And so now our prayer is, Lord, let the vaccine come now, right? And, and Lord, let everything begin to change because what's happened now for my wife, Ruthie, being a stay-at-home mom is she's not just stay-at-home mom now, she's stay-at-home principal, stay-at-home superintendent, stay-at-home janitor, stay-at-home cook, stay-at-home bus driver. And we're going, you know, God, this is a race that we did not see coming. And we are not running that at 1.0. We were running that at 10.0. I know for some of you, you've been cut off and all your plans for your normal family gatherings have changed this week. And you're scrambling going, what am we going to do? And how does this work out? And we're running at a different pace. We're longing for relationships. I've talked to some students, things are changing for them like crazy because now some who have given their life to travel ball to get a scholarship to college, what's happened is this, they've granted scholarships for people to have a fifth and sixth year and now what's happening is all these uh, seniors who are about ready to graduate aren't sure they're gonna be able to get a scholarship that they were guaranteed. And what's happening is we've got a generation going, I've worked my life for this opportunity and it's about ready to be taken away. And we find ourselves on this race. Talked to a few people last night before service. And they just said, hey, would you pray for me this week? I'm supposed to get the news if I'm gonna be fur furloughed or not. And the rat race is changing. And all of us are running and we're running and we're going, God, when is there gonna be a different pace to my life? See, this is why the writer of Hebrews says this to us today, because here's what can happen. All of us in this room, we can be running and running. And sometimes, I don't know if you get to that point where you feel like you are running, but you're getting nowhere. You're going, God, it's like at a 10.0. I'm on, I'm on ultra speed right now, but it feels like I'm making no gains in my life. I feel like I'm running on a treadmill. 
And this is why the writer of Hebrews ends and points our directions and points the Christians at that time because they were facing hardship. The race of life was getting tougher. They were getting killed for their faith. And they're going, how faithful can I be? God, I'm running with all of my heart and it feels like I'm wearing out. And listen what the writer of Hebrews says for us today. He gives us great encouragement for the race that we're on. He says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three. He says, therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he was talking about all the people of faith who have run the race well in chapter 11. He says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And then look, listen to what he says here. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let me just pause for a moment here. Did you know that God has a race for you to run right now? Some of us, we say stuff like this, God, I'm looking for my purpose in life. And he goes, I know, it's called the race that I have for you to run. Everything that our hearts desire, we long to give ourselves to something bigger than ourselves for our lives to matter. This is why the writer says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. God has a race marked out for us. And he says, this is how we do it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Here's the good news today about the race that God's called us to is this. If you're taking notes, you wanna write this down. Faith is our race to run. Faith is the race for you and I to run. This is the commonality of what all of us share in this room, that God has called us to run. He has marked a race out for us. Some of us, we don't know what it is. Here's what it is. It is to run with faith the race that God has for us. Here's the beauty about that. The race that God has for us, it includes every area of your life. God's saying, I want you to run the race of your marriage by faith in me. I want you to run the race of your identity right now, especially as work is changing, as relationships are changing, as bank accounts are changing. It is challenging our identity. And he says, here's what I've called you to. Your race is the faith that God has called you to live in Jesus. The race that he has for us. And he says this, here's how it begins. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. I know a couple of years ago in college when I was trying to run, you know, I'd get there to college. I'm like, man, I want to stay in shape. I wasn't playing any sports like I was doing in high school. And so I'd go for a run. And uh, what happens a lot of times we don't want to take runs because we know we're out of shape. We're like, man, I'm going you know, to pass out a half mile into this run. Why even start, right? Why even run? And I remember uh, one time in college, I went for a run. I'm like, I'll probably put three miles in. You know, I was about a half mile, mile in. I'm like, I better call it a day. Why don't we just kind of head on back, you know? And, and the problem is this, as a man, we don't want to look weak. And so I'd be running out in the middle of a cornfield in Lincoln, Illinois. And I remember this time I'd be running and I was feeling gassed only a mile in and then a car passes by. And as men, we don't want to look weak. And so I know I've got nothing left in the tank, but I, I don't, I'm not going to let them know I'm out of shape. And so when the car would run by, I'd just start picking it up and run a little bit faster, you know, and then just to make sure they knew I wasn't out of shape. And they're looking at me going, you're out of shape, you know, and they know I'm not there, but I don't want anybody to know I'm out of shape. And as soon as I'd run a little bit faster, I just had to start walking. I'm like, that's all I had left in the tank, right? And, and what's funny is this, sometimes we try to run the race and we start with our ability. 
And the beauty of this writer of Hebrews says this, the race doesn't start with you, the race starts with Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Too many times I'm trying to protect perfect my faith. I'm trying to get my faith together. He goes, oh, no, 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 that's not the race I've called you to run. The race I've called you to run is to look at Jesus. Oftentimes, I know for everybody in this room, we feel God calling us to take next steps. We say that all the time. That's why we have the living room. We want you to take your next step of faith. And oftentimes, this is how we've heard faith explained. It's a leap of faith. Can I let you know what scripture says about this? Scripture says faith is a step, not a leap. That's why a lot of times we don't take our step of faith. We go, that's a leap. I can't get better, man. You're asking me to leap over the Ohio River, God. I can't do that. God's never asked us to take a leap of faith. Do you know that? All he's asked us to do is take a step of faith. Just fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus even explains it this way. Sometimes we get it confused. Listen to what he says about what faith looks like in the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Jesus says this, he said, he told him another parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Do you hear what Jesus is saying there? He goes, I know you think you have small faith. Can I just let you know, if you have faith of a mustard seed, it will turn into a great tree. Here's what Jesus is saying. Faith is about compound interest. We hear Dave Ramsey say it all the time, right? Compound interest, just put a little bit away because we know how compound interest works, right? You put $100 away for a month. Well, here's the deal. We, at the end of a month, we go, God, we gained like two cents on that, right? That, that, I can't retire on two cents. Here's the deal. When you start putting away $100 a month, right, to, to an account, to a mutual account, when you're about 20 and you don't touch it for like 20, 30, 50 years, right? It's exponential, isn't it? And here's the thing. All you've done every month is just put away a little bit. This is what Jesus is saying is with faith. What he's saying is this, every single step of faith that you take, there is no insignificant step of faith. There's nothing in your life that when you walk by faith is insignificant to Jesus. When you walk by faith with the future of your career, he's going, that is a big step of faith. It might feel small, but it is a big step. When you walk by faith in your marriage, when you walk by faith in your singleness, when you walk by faith with your future college career, when you walk by faith with your identity, go, God, I don't feel like I'm very loved because I don't even love myself, but you love me. And so God, I'm gonna trust you. He goes, you need to understand that is like mustard seed faith and you will grow up into a tree when you walk like that. There is no step of faith that's insignificant to Jesus. See, we feel like when we just walk at this speed, we're getting nowhere, but with faith, this is what God is saying, every step you take, boy, I am growing you into something bigger in your life. Every small step, God is working in our life. This is why I love about this passage because he says this, God wants you and I to run the race that's marked out for us. God has a race for us to run. This is the beauty of the church that all of us are running in the way in the direction of Jesus and we get to run together. And this is what I love about the author. He says, here's how you do this. First thing is this, if you're gonna run the race that's marked out for us, the first thing, this is what the writer says is this, you and I need to learn how to run light. 
We need to learn how to run light. Did you see what he said? He goes, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, some of you, you don't like that the cold weather's here. I'm praising God that the cold weather's here because that means dudes who run on like Charlestown Road actually has to wear pants, right? We're like, sir, enough with the short shorts, right? Uh, We didn't ask to get to know you that well in the first place, all right? But, But here's what I know about runners. Runners wear short shorts because they're going, you can't be constricted when you run. You can't have anything hold you back. You need to be able to run. This is why they don't wear long basketball shorts. This is why nobody runs a marathon in jeans, right? Because you're going, that will hold you back. You don't run that way. And the author says this, hey, before you start running this race that God has for you, he says, throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles. And when I read this, I was kind of defeated because I was going, God, you want me to bench press my sin off my chest, until I began to study more of the words. And you know what it looks like to run light? This is why the, God, the grace of God is so good. That word throw off literally means this, to put down, to put down. Too many times we're trying to build up and knock off the sin that is continuing to entangle us and knock off the pride that continues to overwhelm us and knock off all these jealousy and all these things that just consume our heart. When Jesus is saying this, I want you to run the race that I have for you, but here's how it starts. It starts by you and I putting down at the foot of the cross everything that hinders our life. That word hindered literally means barriers. Every barrier in your life Every sin in your life, he's not asking you to bench press it. What he's asking you to do is just to put it down at the feet of Jesus. See, this is why the race of faith is the race that God has created us to run. He's not asking for you to reinvent yourself. He's wanting you to let Jesus redeem all that you are. He's going, I want you to run light. I want your heart to be set free. I want your mind to be set free. I want you to know what Jesus has done for you. I don't because sin, it is so easily entangles us. We have all these things that come around us. This is why I love the way that Paul, the apostle Paul, boy, he had some baggage, right? Paul, you killed a guy. You may want to lay low for a while, my man, right? He had all this baggage. He had killed a guy in the name of God. He was killing Christians. He was putting Christians in prison because he thought they were going against the way of God. He has a bunch of baggage that he's carrying and he becomes a Christian and he lays it all down at the feet of Jesus. God redeems his life and he uses Paul to write over half of the New Testament. Here's why, because Paul figured out how to run light. And you know what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24? This is what he says. He's going, you and I, we have a race to run. And this is what he says. He says, run in such a way to win the prize. See, this is the beauty of the faith of God. Sometimes we get confused. We think all it means to be a follower of Jesus is you better not do that. You better not say that. You better not drink that. You better not go there. You better not, 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 not. Paul says, "Uh uh-uh, you better start running. You have a race to run. And then he says this, run in such a way to win the prize. It's been so cool in our family, uh, our three-year-old Zeke, he understands the game of the card game of war now. 
uh, because there's no strategy, you just flip the card over, right? It, you know, and so now what's fun is all the kids and everybody, we can all play together. And boy, we are seeing a different side of our three-year-old. Even if his card doesn't win, he wants to take the cards. He's going, no, I won that one, right? We're like, whoa, son, why don't you back it down? What, as a dad, I'm like, keep the competitive spirit, but hey, you didn't win that one, right? And what I love is this, even at three years old, I've got a son who wants to win. We're in Southern Indiana. Can we be real? We want to win. We want to win. Euchre, you know, I don't care if you're playing your grandma. You're going to take your grandma out, right? You're like, hey, I need to teach her a lesson, right? Let us humble one another, right? Grandma, you're getting humbled, right? You know, we love to win. Basketball, we love to win. We love it. Why isn't it then that we run the race that God has for us to win? Why do we run such a lackadaisical faith? I'm talking to myself here. Why is it that I'll be so competitive in everything else except in my attention and devotion to Jesus? It's part of the reason is this, I haven't taken the time to run light. See, when I take the time to run light, and when I take the time to put down everything in my life at the feet of Jesus, my gratitude for Jesus grows. And man, I wanna start running the race in a different way. See, this is the beauty of Jesus. He calls us to run the race. He doesn't just have the race for us to run. He's going, I came to give you grace so you can run into everything that I have for you. But here's the beautiful thing that he says about it right after that. He says this, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, three times in this passage, he says this, let us, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us run with perseverance. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And you know how we run this race of faith? It's not just that we run light. What the, what the author says is this, is that you and I never were made to run this race alone. That the way we run this race, we run this race of following Jesus together. That as I walk this out, we do this together. We go together. It was so cool. Matt Allman, who used to be our student ministries pastor here, he now leads a church in San Diego. It's always funny how we hear the voice of the Lord when he calls us to San Diego, isn't it? Yes, Lord, send me. Your servant is willing, right? And he surprised me last night because he spoke for our college-age ministry for a retreat they had. He surprised me last night right before the service. And this is what he surprised me with. I got a picture of what he brought me from California. A box of frozen In-N-Out burgers. He does have the Holy Spirit in his life. This is proof right here. Now, here's what was so cool. I'm talking about never running alone. And I'm going, you know, God's saying, hey, let us, let us, let us. And it was in that moment last night when I saw Matt Allman came in. He gave me a big hug. And then he gave me this box of frozen In-N-Out burgers. And here's the deal. We put them in the air fryer last night. They don't taste as good in the air fryer as they do coming out of the restaurant. But I know this. It wasn't about the burger. You know what it was about? It was about a brother who's running this race with me. It's about a brother who's going, I'm thinking about you right now. I'm praying for you. I'm running with you. Oh, I might be in California. You may be in Indiana, but you know this. Because of faith, I'm running the race with you. Don't we need brothers and sisters on this race together, especially in this time? Can I just encourage you in this season? Do not underestimate your words, your gifts, and your presence to one another, especially in this season. The Holy Spirit in your life. Here's the deal. It's not just you and I running the race. Part of the thing about the race is why the writer says this, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
What he's saying is this, part of our role on running this race of faith is that we would take time to cheer one another on. You ever been along the side of a marathon or seen it on TV? People are hooping and hollering at each other. And we fuel ourselves off the adrenaline of the voices, you can do this, don't give up, stay the course, keep running. And when you got nothing left in the tank, the faith of others come alongside you and they pick you up and they keep running. I tell you, it was just an incredible moment for me. Incredible moment for me last night. The heart and the love to have a brother who I know is running the race with me. Let me ask you just two quick questions. You got anybody who's running the race with you? And then let me ask this question. Who do you need to encourage this week who's on the race? Who's on the race that God is saying, I want to use you to encourage them to keep taking the next step. God wants to use you in that way. God and his Holy Spirit wants not just to save us, but he wants us to run with him. See, this is the beautiful thing about God. His grace, he sets us free. He lets us run light. And then he says, run together. Never run this race alone. This is the beauty of the church that we never run this race alone. But then he says this, run with perseverance. The race that I have marked out for you. Meaning this, find your pace. Find your pace in this race. We gotta be able to run. When he says that word perseverance, and then when he says that Jesus endured the cross, it's this word hupomone. It's where we get the word hyperdermic needle from, meaning this, what God is concerned about just isn't what's going on on the outside of you. God is concerned more about what's going on in the inside of you, the underneath, the perseverance. Because let's be honest, when on this race of faith, we're all gonna hit the wall, aren't we? We're all gonna go, God, I was following you, and then this happened, and we're like, whoa. And our legs get weak, and we don't run as fast like we used to. And we gotta be able to, to slow down sometimes and run with perseverance. This is why Galatians chapter five, verse 25 says this. Since we live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And here's why, so that we will not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. What he's saying is this, if you and I don't find our pace with the spirit, we're gonna run off the rails. And our lives are gonna be about becoming conceited. It's gonna be about provoking, slander, destroying people, gossip. He's going, no, 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 stay in step with the spirit. Stay locked in step on this race that God has for you to run. Find your pace. It's interesting, Jim Props, he's one of our newest staff members. Uh, he ran cross country in college at North Central. And uh, he was telling me this week, we discussed the scriptures together as, as a staff. And he said something about his pace that he found as a cross country runner, because you've got to be able to persevere. You've got to be able to finish the race. And uh, he said something that my, co my coach taught me. And he said, here's the thing about my coach. I, I got a picture of this guy. His name is Al Carius. And uh, here's the deal about Al Carius. Al Carius, uh, he just retired last year at North Central, uh, but he was voted after being cross country coach for 40 years, the Sports Illustrated Coach of the Century 
for D3 cross country. Unbelievable coach. You know, talk about perseverance. My man ran the race well. And he said, here's what he had us do as runners every morning. He said, here's the most important thing you can do if you're gonna persevere as a runner. And I'm thinking, you know, it's you gotta go run so many miles every day. He said, every morning, this is what he wanted us to do. He said, every morning you wake up, you check your pulse. And they're like, why do we have to check our pulse? He goes, every morning you wake up, you check your pulse and you write down that number. He said, because you should have a consistent number for your pulse. And he said, here's why that matters. He said, because if there's a morning where you wake up and your pulse is three beats higher, he goes, that means one of two things is about ready to happen. He said, one, that means you're either overtraining and you need to rest or two, you're about ready to get sick and you need to back up. What Al was saying is this, you better find your pace or you're not gonna finish the race. See, what God is saying in this passage to us is this, when he's saying, I have a race marked out for you and let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, what he's saying is this, you find the pace, you find the person of Jesus and you run with him. You run at his pace, you run with him. Because here's what I know about all of us in this room, all of us, we run the race of faith hurt, don't we? All of us, we carry that in this room. We carry a hurt. All of us have been hit with the wall. We've been exhausted. We've been let down. We've failed others and we're going, I'd love to go on this race, but man, I'm just spent. Nate, if you knew what was going on, boy, I'm just, I'm cashed right now. This is why verse three is so important. The writer says this, consider him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Here's what we know about running. You can be skinny and still be out of shape. And the only way that you finish the race is your heart. It's the condition of your heart. This is why he says, let us consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men. Jesus finished the race. This is why he's the greatest of all time. He finished the race when men were opposing him. He had to persevere. Satan was tempting him. Hey, just give this up. Don't follow. And he said, no, I'm going to finish the race. How you and I finish the race of faith today is we consider him. And you know what Jesus is asking us to do? This is the invitation of Jesus in this moment when the writer says, consider him, is what he's saying is this. He's saying, will you step off whatever treadmill you're running on? Will you step off? The race, that's not faith. Part of the reason why we're burning out so much right now, we're running the wrong race. We're on the wrong stinking treadmill. And the writer in this moment challenges you and I and he says this, would you just consider him? Would you consider him? Today, I wanna invite you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I wanna invite you to consider him the one who endured, the one who finished our race, 
The one who invites us to run free in his grace. The one who invites us to be his church. The one who invites us to go, would you go after it, heart and soul, all that I have for you. But what he's saying is this, you gotta step off whatever treadmill you're running on and step in to this race of grace. Consider him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have a savior who finished the race. When none of us could finish it, when every one of us had been tripped up by our own sin, he finished the race. And he's inviting us to run in a new way today. I don't know what it is for you, Maybe you've stepped off that treadmill a long time ago and you placed your faith in Jesus like Johnny did today and you started running in a new race. I know this, in this time of being shut down, all this other stuff, woo, God has reminded me of some treadmills I'm running on. And he's going, Nate, would you consider me more than the things that you're running after? What I've asked Sam to do in this moment before we take communion, before we take the bread and the juice, and you're, you're at home, I'm gonna invite you to grab some bread and juice if you're a follower of Jesus, we're going to take this here in a moment. But I just want, I just asked him if he would sing a little bit of that last song that he sang right before I spoke today. And here's what I want to invite you to do. Simply this. Would you consider Jesus today? The author and the perfecter of our faith. When we listen to these words again, and then what we'll do is we'll take the bread and the juice and here's the beauty of the bread and the juice. One is this, we give thanks for what Jesus did but what we also do is we take it and we are reminded of the victory that we have in Jesus and we run in his grace today. Let's listen to these words before we take communion today. 